welcome to the first ever episode of the Dreams to Reality podcast. I am your host, motivational speaker, Cameron Parker, and today is the first episode and we got a very, very special guest and actually a good friend of mine, Gabriel Say. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. It's good to be here. Thank you. How does it feel being back in Bristol? Bro, it's... Firstly, if I say you're set up now to when we first... I know we're going to get into it, but when we first met and we first did that radio show and stuff, this is insane. Yeah, I'll I'll explain that in a minute. Um, But quick heads up, for people who don't know who you are, what do you do? What's your job? If you have a job... (laughs) I know what you do, but explain to everybody else what you do on a daily basis and kind of, yeah, just what, what you do. Well, my, the technical term is a social media influencer. So <laughs> <laughs> You have to be tall to be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying and growing. <laughs> so basically, I, I've, run it, I've got a YouTube channel that I've had for, damn, it's almost seven years. A long time. Yeah, seven years on YouTube, Instagram, and I post like, fitness content along with like I've started introducing my family into it and yeah it's just to kind of motivate people to be a better self okay good so talking about social media and YouTube and stuff like that we're gonna really dig deep in today um today because especially when I go into a lot of schools and colleges Mm. you always hear these kids talk about how they want to become YouTube stars gamers and stuff like that so for one I feel that the topics we're going to touch on today is going to be very, very relevant, relevant for that. And also, um, obviously, you're a father, you're married. So also, the what I really want to get out of today is that how you balance everything as well. Because I feel like <laughs> yeah. there's a lot we can learn from you. Because from the outside perception, um, it looks like you're doing it right. Mm. And obviously, there's that common line that social media is the highlight reel and stuff like that. So I, I would yeah, like yeah. to kind of dive into that as well. Um, but just to let you guys know, um, we used to, well, you used to be American football, but played for a couple of teams older than me yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was playing American football, when I was 16, 17, 18, I used to look up to Gabe massively. One, because we played similar positions. Two, he was crazy. Um <laughs> And also because I was very small and the players I was playing against were a lot bigger, I knew I had to be crazy to at least stand a chance with them. Yeah. Um, so I looked up um, to you because of that. Also, you was hench from the gym as well. So like you just this pure hench guy who was crazy. Um, and that's where the fitness comes in. Because yeah. to begin with, you started doing fitness competitions, bodybuilding competition or physique competitions. Um, and that's really when we started to connect a little bit more. So just to break down um, really where our relationship started properly was, I actually invited Gabe to my flat where, in Bristol because yeah. we said we'd come, we'd chill for a little bit. <clears throat> and then I had a radio show at that time, very early on. And uh, yeah, you came and we kind of chopped it up a little bit. And then we obviously done the show. Yeah. And the reason why I want to do this today is because I promised you that we was going to get that show out and uh, we recorded <laughs> it and we never did. So I'm trying to make up for that today. And hopefully with the gadget line supporting us, he's, he's uh, trustworthy. So I'm sure we'll yeah. get out today. <laughs> but with that said, fitness. Yeah. Your journey did start around fitness, really. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah fitness was kind of like the catalyst for everything. Tell me more. So, all right. So... Where, how far do we go back? From when you first thought fitness could become a, a career, maybe when you first wanted to start taking it more seriously, going onto the stage and doing shows. Also, I knew you was coaching people as well to lose weight and stuff like that as well, or do similar yeah. things. So what point did it become a kind of job for you or something you was going to follow? I think it was at the point that I realised that nine to five just wasn't me. Okay. You know, like some people, and this is the thing, like ev- being an entrepreneur isn't for everyone. And sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do this. I want to do that. But really, do you really want to do it? And some people are built for the nine to five work. Some people are built for whatever job they're doing kind of thing. But I just knew that I wasn't built for normal nine to five stuff. Like telling me what to do, just it didn't work. <laughs> like, so at what point <clears throat> did you realize that? Um, did you when you was in university? Did you have part time jobs? Have you had jobs before? Yeah, so that um, I did a lot of work at Carfin Warehouse. Okay. Um, so that was like 
pretty much my whole time at uni was at Carfin Warehouse, but that Cut was that so out, relaxed. Dave, because promotion right there. Carfin oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was at a phone shop. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was really lax. It was like really chilled. Like everyone was uni students, so it was really easy. Then you know, came into the big bad world. Stayed at Carfin for a little bit, and then I joined Enterprise Car Rental. So joined the phone shop. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then I, yeah, I left there and then I, I went into like a car hire company okay. and they just ran me into the ground. Wow. Okay. It, it was fun because it was a graduate program. So everyone was on your same level kind of stuff. Oh, so it was a graduate program. Was yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. So this was the point you're trying to get your life together. In yeah. A way. So okay. I was like, oh, I need, I need, a, I need a graduate job. I need to like find my career and that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, and I love cars. So let me go into this car hire business or whatever. And they were like, oh, like showing you all of the numbers that you can achieve and all that kind of stuff without telling you that, yeah, some days you'll be in at seven and you don't get home till 10. Then there's like, to make extra extra money, you'll be up to like 1am delivering cars and stuff like okay, that. And I'm wow. like, yeah, like, and they just, just drilled you into the ground. It was like soul destroying. So I was like, yo, let me, let me find something that I can get, in a sense, quick money. Not in the sense that most people think they're like, oh, I'm going to go on the roads and I'm going to get quick yeah, money. Yeah. I was like, no, let me go into recruitment. Okay. So then recruitment, I was like... I guess recruitment wasn't a massive thing back then because now no. I hear a lot about recruitment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge now because it is, it is that thing of like, if you get that one good phone call and you place that one good person, yeah. that's a big commission check. Okay. So the earning potential is like, it's through the roof. So I was just, I went in with an exit strategy. Okay, I got you. So whilst I was um, at the car rental place, I was already building my plan of like what I wanted to do. And it was within fitness. Originally, I wanted to work with kids. Okay. I wanted to do like, I wanted to, because I love the American football side of things because anyone, any height, shape, form, whatever. Height. <laughs> but it's true. Everyone can play a position. Yeah, it's true. Every, anyone of any, any type can play a position and dominate. My position was water boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. So like that fascinated me to the point that I was like, yeah, I'd love to instill this kind of like mentality into kids. So I had a whole structure. I'm not going to say what the structure was because I still might bring it out. Okay. Yeah. So it was I like, say. it was just, <laughs> it was just kind of like a very diverse approach okay. to, um, and you know, nothing was like labeled. You know, if you're holding a ball, it wouldn't be a football. It would just be a ball okay. kind of thing. And, you know, that was my thinking behind it. And I was like, right, so I need to save up X amount of money. And what I'm going to do first is I'm going to start a personal training business to try and just generate more income and get my foot in the door within the fitness industry. So did you go into recruitment? Did you get into recruitment? Yeah, so I did I did a year in recruitment. Oh, okay, I got you. And that, that was just to, like, literally just to save money. Okay. Um. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Saved the money that I needed, got a new car, everything that I wanted, which I had to sell like to keep the business afloat, like later wow. down the okay. line. Yeah. So then you was doing recruitment yeah. and the goal was to then go into fitness and start your own business. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So then twenty twelve I started my YouTube channel. I started I registered the business and I was like, All right, cool, I'm gonna be a personal trainer, get my foot in the door, save some money in that side of things, and then start up this kids thing. That was the plan. And then yeah. That was the hardest year I've ever gone through. <laughs> what, the first year of business? Yeah, the first year of it, like, all right, so I'll paint the picture. <clears throat> Printed out flyers. I had all the money there. Everyone I bought all the equipment. Flyers. That's the first I know, it's Everyone... mad. <laughs> flyers, business cards, and yeah. then you realise that you, you don't do. need any of them. <laughs> it's true. So I was like walking up and down. Like, where was I? Where did I start? Chelsea. So up in like central London, Ladbroke okay. Grove. But every day I was up up and down there handing out business cards, trying to stop people to talk to them. Are you interested in personal training? And wow. it was only at that point I realized, wow, this is freaking tough. I didn't get any clients for like the per the first like, what, three, four months. But let me ask you a question. Okay, for the first three to four months, that's a good point. If you was the Gabriel say you are now, mm. back in 2012... Do you think you would convert more clients now because you're a lot more confident, you you know a lot more, or do you think it would still be as tough? 
because it is a growing process. Yeah. Because I was even talking to Dave Gadget Line, and we all go through the same process. Everything you say there is it's never as easy as you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wish I knew what I knew, say, five years ago when I first started. Yeah. But would you say there would have been a difference, or do you feel like you just had to go through that process to be where you are today? I think, yeah, that process was definitely, like, it It builds a resilience in you. Okay. If you can get through that, then, you know, you're built for you're built for this game. Because at every single point of, like, my whole career up until now, there have been points like that. Of course. So... If I had given up then, then, you know, I wouldn't be here now. Did you consider it? Did you no. consider going back into recruitment or something easy, no. easy, easy path? No. The day that I left um, my job, <laughs> it was funny because I handed in my resignation and they're like, oh, you have to do um, 30 days notice. The day that I left and I walked out, I, was, I walked out smiling. I was walking up the road to my car and I, like, it was just anxiety just hit me. Okay. Oh, and I was wow. like... <gasps> What have I done? But then as soon as I started the process of my plan and I was like, okay, so, you know, five months down the line, I'm still not making any money, mm. but I can't go back to that. Wow. So for your personal <clears throat> life, obviously you're married now. You've got mm. a little one who's three years old. Um, was you with your wife then? Yeah, we met in 2012 as well. You met in 2012? Yeah, yeah. So did that have a big impact? Did she support you through the whole process? Did that help you get through it? But she um, was... Or she... did you feel a little bit more pressure because you felt like, do you know what, I, had to, I have to step up and I'm, I'm not doing it right now? Or what, what, what was the kind of... Because a lot of people say they can't, they can't go after their goal, they can't go after their dream because they got this responsibility, they got this going on, they got the pressure from their, their partner, mm. all these different things. Um, did you feel any of that or was it just you were just getting it through it together? Yeah, she was she was like she's a big, big part of this whole process. That those few months She looks stronger than you too. <laughs> <laughs> those few months, that whole year, like she was holding the fort. Like wow. I, I, I told her to um leave her personal training job and just go freelance. Okay, Into, so she had a personal training job, didn't yeah, so she? Okay. Yeah, so she was a personal trainer as well. And I was like, leave the gym. Leave the gym and find a private studio and train your clients out of there. You'll retain so much more money. So she did. And then those few months, she was holding it down. Okay, wow. And then um, it got to the point that it was just like, yo, I need to go into a gym. Okay. To, to get a base. But I always go into something... With an exit strategy. Of if you course. don't go in with an exit strategy, then you'll get comfortable. Wow. Okay. So I was like, yo, three months in this gym, build up the clients, build the trust and take them to a private studio. And she was the one that had the connections with the gym to then get me into there. Okay. So it's like... So you took a job. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, she, she's, she's the biggest part of like that process. Okay. So... How long into being self-employed did that happen? So you said the first three to four months it was a struggle. Yeah. What point did you go into the gym? September 2012. So how deep into that one year was that? So that was, I started in February. And okay. then, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so then you said in the first year, you had to sell your car. Yeah. So financially, you wasn't in a good place. No. Okay, so how did that affect you? How did that bother you? Um, savings running out, selling cars... Did that have a big impact on you? Did it make you hungrier or did it nearly force you to quit? I don't think anything's like forced me to quit. The, the times that it just, it makes you reevaluate and makes you understand, gets you to understand like different, uh, different things, like the importance of a BMW. I love that car. That car was, you know, but getting rid of it wasn't a, a big deal. I, I got rid of it and got a van so I could run boot camps. Okay, wow. So this is it's always it's forward thinking. I can get another one later. You know, people keep asking me now. It's like, oh, well, you're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing all these brand deals and stuff. And it's like, why don't you get a new car? Yeah. Do I need it yet? Okay. So it's like everything has to have a have, has to have a purpose, and everything has to have a point. And so it didn't affect me at all because okay. it, I knew that there was there was a bigger picture. Okay, so when did we? When did you come to Bristol the first time? When was it? Was I it 2012 or 13? Uh, what? Um, what, to come and see you? Yeah. I think it was... 
2013, probably. I think it was 2013. Okay, yeah. so let's fast forward a little bit. Because in 2013, I remember we sat down, we were chilling. At this point, it was in my freezing cold flat. So it was 2014. 2014, yeah, was yeah, it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I could barely afford my, my rent at the time. Yeah. I was trying to build the motivational <clears throat> speaking element of doing what I'm doing. Um, and we were both kind of in a similar position. But by that point, you've done a couple of competitions. You've built a bit of a name for yourself. Mm. Some of your videos have done well on YouTube, but they were just kind of normal videos i yeah, guess yeah. you made the most of them at the time yeah but you were in a mind state where you kind of had a bit of enough of fitness really you yeah. didn't really want to coach people anymore you didn't really want to just be hench for the sake of being hench yeah. we didn't really talk about the exit strategy then because you still seemed a bit up in the air about yeah, it yeah yeah but how did you go from the fitness element just being a fitness coach personal trainer guy to then going over transitioning properly over to youtube but then also adding value in different ways not just fitness because a lot of your videos are based around fitness but yeah. then a lot of them are not either yeah so like how did you take that transition was that a conscious decision and where did you really start hmm that's a good question where did you really start like okay i'm gonna try something a little bit different i think so the first like I didn't have like a, a a full like plan of like oh, I want to get I want to get here. It was kind of like I set little blocks of what I wanted to improve. So like I started with storytelling. I wanted to improve my storytelling, so I started watching people like Swoozy, Superwoman, and other YouTubers like that, completely out of fitness, that were just really good That's at storytelling. Interesting. So interesting. because I think like if you stay in the fitness bubble, mm. because it's quite small anyway, you end up. Just doing what everyone else is doing. That's fascinating. So how how do you how do you differentiate yourself from from the crowd when you're doing what everyone else is doing? That is so important, people. That's that that is key. What so, you just said then is key for development. Yeah, that is so key. So you start watching these other people, and then what happened? Um, you'll see like a phase within my videos where it was like, right, yeah, he's watching Suzy and Superwoman. Okay. Because like, and that's where the comedy started coming. And I was like, all right, I kind of like this because that's me anyway. I've, I was always, I've always been like a joke. I've always been a clown kind of thing. So then to bring comedy into something where people are trying to learn stuff kind of breaks down that barrier a little bit. And my thought process was, right, when people see me, they're like, big black guy. <laughs> How do I break down that barrier? When people see me, they think small white guy. <laughs> so like there's people like... <laughs> There's people like Simeon Panda, Mike Rashid, okay, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of those people. And they're, they're great at what they're doing. Like Mike Rashid's a really cool guy. But they're kind of like, you know, the typical, like what you think of a, of a black guy in fitness. Yeah. I didn't want to be that. So you had an element, you either go down that route or you go down the route you went down. And that's I what I was doing before. Yeah. And that's why my old videos, back then, remember, remember you saying, oh, you're not being you because it's like I'm trying to play to this persona that people expect of me. So I, that's, that's key. So I want to bring it back firstly for people watching this. And if you want to learn something, I think regardless of what field you are in, it's not just about content creation. It's also about whatever field, even if you're in recruitment, you mm. can learn from different elements, different businesses, oh, and yeah. how people are doing different things. Yeah. So like for me, obviously I say, okay, I'm a motivational speaker. When I walk, when I'm doing a session and people walk in, they see the name on the board, they're like, oh, it's going to be one of those. But by the end of it, their perception is completely changed. Mm. Because let's be honest, how many motivational speakers are full of rubbish? Loads. Yeah. How many life coaches are there? Yeah, exactly. They're full of rubbish. Exactly. And it's just, I knew I didn't want to be a part of that. I wanted to be about, I wanted to kind of walk the walk. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And there's one thing what people cannot argue is, I do what I do every single day. Yeah. I was in seven different places this week. Yeah. Every single day. So it's not just the kind of name I put up on my social media and I pretend I am. It's something that I really am. Yeah. But I feel like that only came from listening and learning from different people in different industries. Yeah. Which is crucial. Because even like motivational speaking, like my head straight away goes to lawyers. Yeah. Like how they, how they present themselves. Because like, they, you have to present yourself in a certain way to be persuasive. And it's just, it's, it's just mad. So like, I always just try and think outside of the box of what message am I trying to put across and what am I trying to do and what am I trying to teach? 
and who can give me these attributes that okay, I can learn. Wow. So was it hard to be your true self? So once again, taking it back, when I first became a motivational speaker, I felt like I had to follow people like Eric Thomas saying no sleep, waking up at four o'clock, yeah. five o'clock in the morning. But now I'm educated a bit more. I actually realize how important sleep is. Yeah. Does that make sense? I used to think, yeah. you know what? I was so fake back then and I was giving people what I thought they wanted to hear. Mm. But since actually being honest and real and talking about my struggles and my own problems, people started to open up more. Yeah. I started to get more bookings. Yeah. But you said about you being quite a funny guy and you are. So when we first properly sat down, I realised that straight away. Mm. I said to you, bro, I don't think like you're being that, as honest as you can be in your. I don't think you're being yourself. Yeah, you felt you was a lot more serious. You're a bit more stiff. Yeah. you wasn't you. You were like a really upfront, positive, kind of happy and joker guy. Yeah, but yeah. you wasn't displaying that. So was it hard to show people the real you? It is because it like at the end of the day, you're putting yourself out to potentially millions of people, to. And being vulnerable, in a sense, to millions of people, okay. not sure how they're going to receive it, that's the scary part. And it was only, if I'm honest, it's only, it, it was building, 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 building. And it was, what, last year, April. Okay. That last actually April. just, I did, this, it just switched. What, what did the numbers jump from? Um, I was on 70k and by yeah it jumped yeah I was on 70k and then now I'm on 322 so that's just over a Last year and a half not, oh wow yeah. that's incredible but then what people don't realise is that comes down to five years of consistent work yeah and five that's like, years of consistent work yeah. it's not that year and a half you blown up from you had what over 200,000 plus subscribers yeah. that took five six years yeah. seven years for you to be able to do that yeah so when did you start to do the change so okay we talk about you was learning from other different people then was you just starting to work on your storytelling was you writing the plan for a video down before you did it or did you just do it off the cuff how did you go about creating your content um before i just did it freestyle you know, like I had a lot in my head and I felt like I tried writing stuff down before, but writing stuff down just kind of like, it bogged me down and I wouldn't get my message across properly. Okay. Um, so I would just freestyle. And it it worked for a bit until I realized that I need to start making some bullet points. But it's, yeah, it's just a, a learning process to understand your system. And for like people who are wanting to pursue YouTube and stuff, some people find their voice and find their system straight away. And you see that they blow straight away. But my dad always said every dog has his day. And my day was later because I needed to find me. Okay. I needed to understand me. If like, you're not given something if you can't handle it. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to, to take on that responsibility because, you know, maybe my content would have come, wouldn't have come across the same way. So, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to be patient. And it was just, wow. you know, just build on myself to before like hitting that point. You wasn't ready for it. Mm. Uh, that's true. And there's a quote I share that it's better to be prepared for an opportunity you do not have yet than have an opportunity and not yeah. be prepared. Yep. And when I first met you, let's be honest, I felt like I was one of the best speakers in the UK then. But when I look mm. back, I wasn't. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. had as many opportunities as I had, say, this week, I had done 1,400 miles this week. Yeah. Does that make sense? Spoke to over 1,000 people. And if that was five years ago, I didn't even have a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's funny. Like I remember uh, reading in a in a newspaper, it was like a, a comedy skit, yeah, um, comic strip, and it was like, oh, I, I I really want money. I keep praying to win the lottery, but my my present never answered. And then the next bit is like, but you never bought a lottery ticket. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like you haven't you you you've, you haven't put yourself in a position to be given what you're asking for. But you're still asking for it. That's so true. That is so true. So along the way as well, did you edit your videos as well? Yeah. So you filmed, you created the content and you edited it. Yeah. Do you still, still do that now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, how did you learn? What did you go to uni for? What was your degree? <laughs> Motorsport engineering. Motorsport engineering. <laughs> Ryan <Randomly. laughs> Motorsport. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so how did you become basically a professional film editor? I taught myself. And an uh, actor. Not an actor, because you're being yourself, but yeah. you are. You're performing in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. And a, a film a film guy. How did you learn to do it all? Self-taught. Wow, okay. Yeah, I just, uh, like, YouTube is a big part of it. If I, like, the, the thing is, I always say to people, like, when people want to be in a creative field, you can't teach creativity. Okay. You can teach tech, but you can't teach creativity. So, like, wow. you know, like, you've got some people that like, I want to be an artist. But do you even, like, if I said, okay, give me your interpretation on this picture. And they're like, uh, and they can't think of anything. You're not meant to be an artist. Because you should be able to already paint the picture in your head before it comes onto paper. Oh, wow. I've okay. create. I create like uh, I'm vlogging today. I've already built how I'm editing the video in my head. So you're gonna vlog this bit as well today. Yeah. Can you do me a favour? Yeah. Make me look a bit taller. <laughs> Is that alright? Can you do that? I'll like cut the screen. Put my hair like <laughs> like, <laughs> raise the Can seat. <laughs> alright, you took that too far. Um, <laughs> I know you're good, but you're not that good. All right. right. <laughs> okay. So. You learn it all. So I guess that's also a part of the consistency over the five to six years of doing mm. what you're doing. And the quality of your videos become better and better. But this um, is the thing. Like when, when, I, like when I started uh, True Beast Athletics, I'm not sure if we're going to go into oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bit yeah. later on. But he's plugging. My, he's plugging. <laughs> <laughs> my ethos behind that is master your craft. And that's all, that's, that's all I've been trying to do. So, when, so the video that blew that created all of this is bodybuilder does gymnastics that was when i said you I know what's your deadlift video bro <laughs> how to do a deadlift that's got like a million it's, views that's it? on five million five million views it still draws in traffic but it brings in traffic for people that want tutorials yeah it's not that you're tra- yeah so i was like how right. to do a deadlift he's just in the gym lifting up a bar with his, with his bum out like <laughs> so i was like that i was like you know what I don't care what people think. I'm going to make myself look silly on camera trying to learn how to do front flips. Okay. And that channel, that video blew. But if I hadn't learnt the process and understood and put 100% into every single video before that, the snowball effect would have happened. It would have been a one-hit wonder. So it's another key example is uh, Michael Dapper. There is just one thing though. There never is just one thing. Exactly. So you say that made you blow but then you say about a deadlift video but then you got probably like five or six different videos what had great traffic leading up to that point. So it's a slow Slow process. Because then obviously Google and YouTube support that as well don't they? They see that you're consistent they support your content more instead of just posting one video now and again because let's be honest you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. The amount of times I've been waiting for that perfect video Released it four months later, and uh, nothing. I don't even like yeah. the video anymore. <laughs> but that's how fast things move. Yeah. So I think yeah. So you did the gymnastics video, what mm. I watched, which was interesting. Um, so then, did you try and aim for more videos like that? Was you trying to be a bit more strategical then? How how did you go about it? Yeah, I think strategy is a is a big part. Once you find your formula, and when when you find when you find yourself. Because before, like when, you, when you're doing things, you're just kind of like testing the waters. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I'll try this and see what happens. And this is what people are scared to do. And it, just, it frustrates me so much. They, like, they spend so much time like, asking me, Gabe, do you reckon I should do this? Gabe, do you reckon I should do this? Do what it. about this? Just do it. Try it. Try and test it. They're like, oh, Gabe, um, what's the best carbs to have? Oh, no. Try it. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, try and test it. See if it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it does, it does. And you've, you've personally gone through it to understand it. So it's like... But how long do you test it for? That's a good you, question. You have to give it time. Some people, they're just like, they're just one and done. It's yeah, like, oh, it didn't work. And it's like, you know, like... Because if you just tested YouTube early on, you wouldn't be where you are now. Exactly. If you quit after three, four videos. You have to, like, it has to be a consistent thing. But at the same time, you, you push it to a point where you're like, okay, it's not working. I need to ax this. And that might be eight videos down, down the line. But most people, they do two videos and they're like, oh, no, it's not working. Mm. But what it could be is you just need to do that one one more. And as you're learning the process yeah. and as you're learning everything, you might tweak the thumbnail a little bit. You might tweak the title a little bit. And then that one just goes bang. And then they see the rest of them, yeah. which you've also put in 110% effort into. So it's... But to be fair, give yourself credit <clears throat> as well. I still think eight videos is too short to quit on. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's even like podcasts. I don't know the actual statistic, but I, I've read it somewhere. Something like 90% of podcasts don't get past the 13th episode. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. that's telling me straight. I need to do 50 straight away. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then maybe if I get to 50 and it doesn't work, then maybe. Yeah. And you have to, I always tell people to um, acknowledge the small wins and celebrate the small wins. Okay. Because you might put out a video. Okay. Wow. And it's, you know, maybe you've got a thousand subscribers. And you get 500 views. I've got more than that to say. <laughs> Just about. I'd be like, 500 views, that's half of your your viewership yeah. that are watching the video. That's a big deal. Because the, if you if you multiply that into the millions and you have a million subscribers and 500,000 people are watching it, you'd be happy as hell. So why can't you be happy when you've got, mm. you know, it, it's not like it's not like you've got a thousand subscribers and one person's watching it. Yeah. That that's that's then you need you know and and then the one person that's watched that means it they paid for your subscribers yeah. basically <laughs> and then the one person that's watched it they've disliked it okay. <laughs> that that's then like yeah you're doing something you're doing something wrong you need to reevaluate but have you been watching my videos <laughs> you've been the one disliking my video <laughs> the one view I get and the one dislike I get. now I know now I know cheers mate <laughs> well it's like those small small steps and the small wins so what do you do to celebrate them you just what do you do? Acknowledge it. Okay. People, like, everyone wants to acknowledge the bad stuff. And no one wants to acknowledge the good stuff. So easy to, though. Yeah. It it's so, so easy. So easy. And that's why, like, I've started using this thing called a five-minute journal. Okay. So it's basically a gratitude journal. It takes five minutes. But, um... <laughs> no, <it won't. laughs> Let's so, guess how long it takes. <laughs> five minutes. You do it in the morning, you do it in the evening... And oh, it just, is it five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening? It's about two and a half minutes each. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Or maybe three and two. <laughs> when you're switched on enough. But yeah, you just um, acknowledge, like, you acknowledge gratitude in different things. And what I realised from that is a lot of people try to think too deep on it. Oh, I'm so grateful for this house that I live in, and you know, for this water that's coming out of my faucet, and you know, it's yeah. just, it's just, it doesn't have to be that deep. Like, so what do you give thanks to your beard? Uh, yeah, I'm grateful for a, a good beard. I'm grateful for these trainers right, that try, I was able I'm to try. buy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for um, you know being able to drive. You know, there's so many, like, there's tiny things, like, little things. Like, most people won't say, oh, I'm grateful to be able to drive, but there's someone else down the road that hasn't got legs that can't yeah. drive. So, it's like, drawing gratitude from everything yeah. just helps you to really understand the world and to, like, when, when you do have a small success, it then becomes a big deal and drives you on to do better things. I guess even having your family as well, having a little one, having your wife, that also probably brings in a lot of appreciation yeah. and gratitude as well. But again, I feel that's that's on a deep okay. level. But there's li- there's tiny things. But things like even taking your son to school is tinier things, but I yeah. think it's something... Like being able to, um, you know, I don't know, buying, being able to buy him trainers. Okay. Um being able to buy him a winter coat. I'm going to get or, into the family and stuff a bit later, but you mentioned briefly about Big Shaq and we were talking about consistency and stuff. Mm. What was you going to say about him? I think I know what angle you're going to take, but what would you say was similar to what he's doing or what you've done or what just from what you see the industry doing? Because the way I understand it, not to try and steal your thunder is... I didn't know who he was until obviously the video came out when he did the fire in the booth. Yeah. But like anything, I'm a great believer it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. So now I went onto his YouTube page and actually seen him being doing uh, comedy stuff for years. I was watching him from back in the day. How back in the day? Like from about, because he's probably about a, before that video blew, a year before that. Wow, okay. Because I, I it just popped up. It popped up in my um, recommended feed and it was the the counsellor that pairs up as a, okay, as yeah. a taxi driver. And like, I was in stitches. And then all of a sudden I see he's firing the booth and I'm like... The thing I, goes, but... I kind of recognise this guy. Then he started rapping and I was like, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but then I was like... And it just went crazy. He blew. But then people then realised he's been on the scene for ages. Stormzy again. Stormzy's the same. Mm. Stormzy's p- putting out music from day on YouTube. From day, like he's, I think, probably about two years prior to um, firing the park. 
there's a there's a trend there. Mm. I need to do like I don't know, firing the podcast. Maybe that will that will blow and then you know. Write that one down. <laughs> but, that one down. but yeah, so Stormzy was doing music from day, and then that one track made people see him, and that's all it is. People need to like you can have all the talent in the world, but people need to see you. Mm. I was talking to someone. Um, I did a panel uh, last week, and they were like, "Oh, I've got all these ideas and all this kind of stuff, but you know, how do I put it out? Where do I put it out?" And I was like, "You're thinking too much. Just put it out." Like, or you're, you're, you're trying to think of the logistics of, oh, but I need this cameraman, I need this. I'd just put it out. It can be on a flipping iPhone, but your story, people won't see you if you don't show yourself. And you won't get good at talking in front of a camera and putting stuff out there unless you do it. Exactly. Because let's be honest, you're probably going to do um, a video, say, to your, your phone, and it's probably going to be terrible to begin with. You still pull it out, but yeah. the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. I would love to have the footage from the radio show we done, say, back in yeah. the day. Because I bet this is completely different yeah. to as we was then. Because back then, even like some of my videos, I watch them back and I'm like, Rao, what was I doing? Trying to play to that persona. Like instead of like me sitting like tall like this and, you know, talking, enunciating and stuff, I'd be like sat back like this. I was slouched a little bit then. And I'm like, yeah. Trying to do the cool face. Okay. And then my sister rang me afterwards after I put out the video and she was like, did you just wake up? And I was like, yo, 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 something needs to change. Yeah. And it's just, it's, <laughs> it's just mad how like the only way that I was able to actually get past that is to just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and test and test and test. So does everybody love your Cockney accent now? People love Mike. Who? He, he's he's got a, a name. Yeah, he's, he's the alter ego. Like you know, like I'll put, I'll do split screen, you know, <laughs> and he'll come in and he'll like I have conversations with him, you know. <laughs> and it's I don't know, it's it's, it's a difference. It's a, it's another level of Gabriel. You so know? why so why did you do that? I don't know. I found like like in some of my videos, the voice was just coming out anyway. Yeah, and I it was felt, I felt like that. Yeah. Because it was, it was almost I, like I almost watched you and think like he just can't, he just can't help himself. <laughs> yeah. like, he, just, he just do with it. That's who he is. Because even like then I started to realize how much I love doing voices. I remember when I was living in Bristol and me and my friend went to IKEA, and I just kept you can't doing plug these shops. So we went to a furniture store, <laughs> a very big, one. <laughs> a big one, <laughs> Swedish of sort. Oh, you give it away. There's only one Swedish shop, and um. Yeah, I, was, I went through the whole thing doing an Irish accent the whole day. I was like, nothing actually, it didn't actually make sense. But he was just like, bruv, can you please just shut up? And I was like, I was like no, I just I can't stop. Just enjoying it too much. And then like, I you found do, that Can you in, give us an example of the Irish accent? Oh, I'm not sure if I can do it. He's choking. He's choking. Can't choke you, I that. I'll, I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave All it right. for now. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, embarrass like the Irish people by doing it too well. Okay. Yeah, <sighs> yeah that worked. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, um, back to what were you talking about? YouTube fitness. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So the voice, the voices came out because it was almost like it was a bridge. It bridged the gap from the persona that I brought myself up to, where I'm trying not to play up to what people expect of me to. This is all of me. Okay. And that kind of like connected the dots. So you're also breaking boundaries really as well. Mm. You're challenging yourself as well. You have to. And back to what we said a minute ago, you're testing things. Mm. So probably because it had such a great reception, because I, I liked it, you, you do it more. Yeah. And you just, you, then you start to think, how can I add this in more? I think so. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I think you tested it, and I think people do like it. You even do it on your Instagram stories. You do loads of yeah. different things, so it, it just keeps things interesting. I didn't know it had a name. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't yeah, know Mike had Mike. a name. Um, <laughs> okay, good. So then, oh, you're getting YouTube success. Your clothing. Okay. So remember back in the day, I had the clothing. Can you remember? Yeah, 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 so yeah. Hungry yeah. underdogs clothing. Hungry underdogs. Maybe we might do a bit more. Um, later on but it's it's a hard business to get into yeah have you experienced that why did you decide to do the clothing because it's not just clothing like big bright clothing it's actually it to me it looks well thought out clothing like mm. you've actually really thought about it 
you're not trying to overdo it and yeah. you're trying to do something what looks comfortable and what looks smart at the same time yeah obviously i wouldn't know what it feels like because you haven't given me anything but um with that said i'm sure you've got a car full for all of us here that's okay yeah um, yeah I, 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 I do or did mike leave it in london in the in the post <laughs> um, so what did you do what did you jump into the clothing element of things that was one of the things like if i go back to my um books at uni my notepads it's full of drawings okay full of drawings of clothes and then back then i actually tried to start something and realize how hard it is i was trying to use like stock clothing i wasn't using manufacturers and stuff and like that the learning process and then i left it for ages and then after a while i was like i've got long arms so every time i buy a top it's always here yeah me too <laughs> so you got long arms so I just got frustrated with how clothes were being made okay so I was like let me just do what I wanted to do in the first place and create clothes that you know solve a purpose which was me because I think like a lot of the time when people try and think of businesses they try and think of a really elaborate kind of like solution for something when sometimes it's just staring at them right in the face and the problem is with them. And you don't realise that people can relate to your problems. So that's so I started started it and I was like started with what, hundred and fifty pounds? hundred and fifty pounds. Wow, okay. Did so all, what was the first step? What did you do? Found manufacturers. Um so I went on Alibaba and just like just try to find people that would allow me to do like low stock quantities. Yeah. Was that difficult? Yeah. Okay. It seemed like all of them were in Pakistan. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me just weed them out. After talking to loads of them on WhatsApp, I realized that half of them just lie through their damn teeth. Okay. Stealing pictures from each other. Okay. And <laughs> so wow. I was like, all right, cool. So that process was tough. Um, I went through three of them wow. to find like a decent one or whatever. But then... um. Yeah, just I just bought a, cut, a a small batch just to test the waters. Start off with just samples, and I'll just wear it, and I'd see what people's reaction were in videos. I'd see what you know, like if if there was positive feedback and stuff. And then I did a small run, launched the website. They all went quite fast, and I was like, "All right, I'm onto something." Whereas, what was the small run? What numbers? It was like forty. Okay. Forty t-shirts, forty vests. Um, got them in and out. Yeah. Okay. So then I was like, okay, cool. We're we're onto something here. So then I just started reinvesting that did, same money. Did it do better than you thought it was going to do first first run? Yeah, because that like a lot of people in fitness, especially, have this big ego here because a lot of people that start fitness start because of like insecurities and stuff. Okay. Wow. So I feel like there's always a chip. So they feel like. People need to like what I do because I'm on YouTube now. Okay. Whereas me, I, I always take a step back and I'm like, why should someone like this? But you've already been through that process. So starting up the, the, the clothing, you've been through that business kind of startup mentality. So in a way you're expecting it not, if it doesn't do well, you're like, exactly. okay, it doesn't define me. Exactly. I'm just going to be consistent. Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's, you can't, I couldn't go into it guns blazing I'm going to order a thousand of everything and then you know just hope for the best kind of thing it's like you still have to test it you still have to see whether that's you know, the mistake put... I had with Hungry <clears throat> Underdogs is it oh, okay. I spent two grand Hoy. on loads of clothing yeah and thought I was going to move it all and it's, it's, and it's tough yeah it was tough and what I didn't do because that was the first thing I ever tried doing yeah was test the water yeah. I didn't test the water and that's what I did when, when I first started it in uni okay and then I quickly, quickly realized that the people that you feel would kind of like get it going, yeah, just wanted it free. How many people want a free t-shirt as well? Just like what I plugged to you then. How many people with like just nobody say, "Give me a t-shirt; it's free promotion for you." Yeah, it's every, like, everyone, no! everyone. And it was like, "Oh yeah, I'll post. It, I'll do this. I'll do that." Or you know, I'll wear it to the gym, yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah, oh, you know, there, there's strategies behind all of that kind of thing." So it's like. So what's what's next with your clothing? Because from what I see is you do have um, a logistics issue in a good way. So mm. by the way, what it looks like is you sell out 
quicker than you think. So because yeah. of that, you bring in loads of new cool stuff. It goes out a lot quicker than you have no stock left. Yeah. Was that a learning process for you? Because to me, that's a good problem to have. It might be stressful, but at least you wouldn't want it to be the other way. Yeah, yeah. It's also strategic as well. Okay, go explain. Like, you have to you have to create demand. Wow. Okay. You have to give people because psychology comes into a lot of it. You have to make people like. Obviously, I'm not gonna like say, yeah, I've just done an order for a thousand thousand items, and then I've only got two there. Yeah. But then you don't disclose how much you've got, but then you un you bring it a little bit under. So then you know that simple sales force it out quicker. Of, of course, sells out quicker, creates demand, demand, and then you know go forward kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> the most recent launch, if I'm honest, I don't think I haven't pushed it enough myself. No, I haven't seen you push a lot right now. And I've said it in a previous video, like it it got to the point a few months ago that I felt like I was pushing other people's brands way more than my own stuff. Okay, because of like you know. Brands are paying for, for me to promote their stuff or whatever. And I believe in their products and stuff, but then it, it, it makes it made me forget about my stuff. So we t- we're taking a slightly different approach, which... Is there a confliction there? Because I didn't really think about that element, but I guess, yeah, you do quite a lot of brand promotion stuff. When mm. I think about it, when I look onto your... You're not one of those typical Instagram people who is just always plugging <laughs> and doing a boring post just for the sake of money. Yeah. I feel like you still keep your brand integrity. Yeah, yeah. I still feel like you stay true to yourself, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, is there a confliction there between brands you represent and also then your brand? Or is it hard to balance it all? Or are you trying to define or create the difference between the value you provide plus the kind of punch you give people of buy this or follow these people or whatever. Exactly that. Is it is it difficult balancing that? Yeah, because it is... You can't just be like, buy, 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 buy. Oh, okay. And that, that's that's not me anyway. That's what a lot of these Love Island people do and yeah. stuff like that. Isn't they get it? a following and just like, just, just plug everything. One, I, you know, I reject a lot of stuff. How do people approach you? And how do you get into that position? It was, <laughs> that's actually funny because back in 2015, when I I had 15,000 subscribers. and 15,000? Mm, okay. And a guy approached me and he was like, yo, um, I'm starting this company called Know What's Up. Doesn't exist anymore, but it's a supplement review company. Oh, yeah, I remember you doing some stuff like yeah. that, yeah. So we want you to be part of the ambassador to do the videos. And fast forward a few years, he closed down that company. So then I, that was when I... When, who did I join after that? I feel like it was Grenade, maybe. But, you yeah. You were with them first, I think. I can't remember. But, yeah. yeah. You was with Grenade, I think. Oh, yeah. I was, in, yeah, I was with... It was, was after, after Grenade. Yeah, okay. Yeah, after Grenade, then I joined that um, company. Do you sign contracts for these? So, do you sign contracts or do you do sign contracts now so you can't promote other companies and stuff Sign like contract that? now. So, now I'm exclusive to my protein. Okay. Um, Plug. Back, <laughs> back then, it wasn't... Contracts were just kind of it like was verbal. Different. Yeah, of yeah. course. So, then, um, yeah, fast forward a few years and he starts a talent management agency. And he was like, yo, Gabe, do you want to come on board? So, and back then he was filming for me as well. So he helped me get my channel from 15,000 to 50,000 okay. from him filming content and helping me with that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, started a talent management agency last January and said, yeah, do you want to come on board? And now he facilitates all of my brand deals. Okay, so you've got a good relationship. Yeah, so he's known me for like, we, we stayed in contact even from then up until now. Like, so he knows me through and through. He knows what stuff that I'll do, what stuff that I won't do. So it's, it's that's a big part of like, you know, keeping my integrity around that and stuff. Okay, so is he kind of your agent then? Yeah, yeah, he's my manager, yeah. Okay, cool. Check you out with yeah. a manager. <laughs> Was that hard to have working with somebody and then them organizing you and or was it good was it like, the right move the easiest thing that i've ever done because he he's a very smart smart kid he's like i swear he's like only 23 now 
Okay, wow. He started his first company like when he was like 19, wow, 20. So it's play. like, you know, he's very switched on. And he, when he wants to learn something, he immerses himself in it. So whenever he says, Gabe, I reckon we should do this, I just go, okay. I don't even, I don't question it. Wow. So, Talk about, a little bit about the fitness industry now, because obviously we talk about social media being a highlight reel and everyone's always got their abs out and stuff like that. Mm. And what you just said is a massive element of it comes from insecurity. Yeah. What would you say your biggest problem is with the fitness industry, if you have one? What do you think people should do who's got a following? Should they, what messages should they kind of portray or give out? Um, well, what's your opinion about everything? Um, because back in 2014, when we, we met, you were sick of it. Yeah, I think because I was, I was getting to the point where I was just fed up of like people saying that they wanted to train, but not actually wanting to train. Okay. So that was like from a client point of view. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, in terms of, and then there's also the other fitness element, the like social media element of, you know, people can just put out crap or just show their abs and they'll get like huge followings and stuff. But there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was substance no behind value. what they, yeah, nothing behind it. It was just kind of like, it was very gimmicky. So, but I've kind of like, I've grown from that and I understand that, you know, I might put out a video that might get less views, but if my message is there, my message is good it's, yeah. it's all good kind of thing um but i do feel a lot of them come from a come with a chip on their shoulder because of the whole ego thing okay because it, i started training because i wanted to get more girls i was fed up of like being the skinny kid or whatever and i was like i just i want I want more girls i want okay. girls to look at me and then it quickly changed when i started playing american football it gave me purpose so your training changed then? So I, I started training. So as opposed to just wanting to train to just look good for girls, I started training because I wanted to hit the hell out of someone real hard and then look up at me and then be like, you're not even that big. How did you do that? Yeah. That was my mission. And then the, the physique came with that. You know, it's a byproduct, but just having a goal that was more than just looking good gave me more purpose and that's what's kind of like built my mindset and mentality to what it is now. Okay. That's fascinating. So, I don't want to hold you for too long, but how's how's married life, man? How's fatherhood? How How is it? It's, it's good. How do you balance everything? Because I was watching videos with my wife last night mm. and she said, oh, he spends a lot of time with his son. She, she was surprised, I guess, because... You don't normally see that on YouTube yeah, videos, yeah. especially as it is. Yeah. How do you balance everything? Well, and he's starting to become a star in, on his own, really. Yeah, he, he loves the camera now. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny you said that. You don't really see much of that on on YouTube. For me, like, the reason why I started bringing more family stuff into it is it's to real. break the stigma of the black dad. Oh, Wow. Like that's that's that that's the level that I was thinking. Like straight away, I was like, "Rah," because I I see it so wow. much around. Wow, you know, like absent dads and stuff. So what like is that. the stigma? Just what what is the stigma? To People always like, "Oh, um, yeah." You see in like joke like jokes on flipping yeah. Instagram, it pisses me off, and they're like, "Oh, um, when did your dad leave you?" Mm. and stuff like that. And it's like that is it's a deep, deep topic. People don't acknowledge it. And people, people acknowledge the negative, but don't acknowledge the positive of the people who are in that, who are doing it properly because they don't put it out. So let me put it out. Let me show wow. people that it's, it, it can be different. I can spend time with my son. And sometimes it is 15, 20 minutes. I'll be working from, from morning till night. It will get to about, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock. I'll be like, let me have some time with with Elijah. You know, some, and it's, it's not even, I realise that kids don't want everything. Kids don't want toys. Kids don't, they, no. they might think they want it, but they, just, they want that connection. They want that cuddle. They want that, you know, that, that intimate side of things. Whether that's two minutes, five minutes, half an hour, one, one day. But then you see some people, they spend the whole day with their kids and they're like this on their phone. Yeah. 
like that's that's 15 minutes of quality phone down time. and just quality time is more valuable than that and i was like i really wanted to get that across in in my videos and stuff and it is it is tough like trying to balance everything like really tough sometimes i don't even know how i do it like it's I guess nice. that comes from the help of your wife as well. Exactly. And just be communicating and stuff yeah. like that as well. Because um, obviously, as you know, I've got a little one at home as well. And Sam is so supportive mm. of everything I do as yeah. far as I do a lot of traveling. Um, and it is difficult balancing it. But one thing I want to bring up is the race thing, right? Because mm. you just said about the kind of stigma for the black male as far as being dads. Yeah. Do you feel like you need to be an individual who spreads that type of positivity who show, who becomes really a role model for many different people and actually show show people that this I'm in this position so I'm going to use my position and make the most of it and actually make a difference as well yeah. do you feel that kind of sense of responsibility that's the word I'm looking for actually do you feel respons- not responsible completely but you feel like you have a sense of responsibility you got a big following on Instagram YouTube all of these different platforms so you, you feel like you're making the most of it yeah I mean and anyone with a big platform they have a responsibility and I don't think people really acknowledge the kind of like severity of it because if you I did a talk a panel talk where there were like 100 people and the other people they were like everyone's a little bit nervous like oh talking to 100 people but then you post a YouTube video and it gets thousands of views and because you're just seeing a number different element you don't realise that is a thousand like thousand plus people yeah watching you that's interesting wow that's interesting and then people that have they're getting millions of views that's millions of people watching you fill a stadium of 100,000 people would you be able to stand there and perform the same way that you do on a YouTube That's video true. or would you choke? And, you know, you it, the responsibility that comes from that is that you're feeding a message out to all of these people. There needs to be something. That's why every time I plan a video, I'm like, what's my message? What's my take home message from this? Is yeah. it like, and how do I, how do I portray it within um, visual storytelling? Because it, you can't, you can't just go around just doing nonsense. And there are loads of people that do that because they're feeding the ego, the Let's beast. Let's be honest, though, right? You could post a lot more semi-naked pictures and probably earn a lot more money than you oh, do now. Hell yeah! You could probably get a lot more views and a lot more subscribers than you do right now. But you're being real to yourself, and that's why I don't want to bring fake people onto the onto the podcast. Yeah. That's why I feel like you're doing so well and your fan base is a strong fan base. You just have to jump on Instagram live to realize that Mm. the feedback you get straight away, the comments you get on your videos. Okay. One of your videos might get 10,000 views, Mm. which is amazing, but the comments is boom, 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 boom. Would you rather have 50,000 views and just two comments or or 10,000 with a hundred comments? I know what I'd rather have because they're real people engaging in you and supporting you at, in what you do and the funny thing is brands people don't realise people are chasing followers chasing followers brands don't care about followers anymore interaction they care about interaction and engagement and not even engagement like you can post like it's very tempting for me sometimes I'm like if I just post pictures like this or videos like this then it will get so many more views and stuff but then you do a video like that or you post a picture like that and then you see the type of comments that come up and you're just like that there's no there's no value to it there's no substance behind what the people are saying sometimes they just put first second third and then they'll be like um then they'll just like it would just be like really silly things like thumbs up emoji or this emoji and stuff then i'll post a different video and then it'll be like wow i really liked it when you said xyz because this is how i feel and it's like a long like long comments of people like it's connected with people on a deeper level rather than just yeah, it's funny. Surface. See, I released a video the other day and somebody commented in 10 minutes saying, first comment. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, that's going to be my first and only comment. <laughs> but people, people love doing oh, stuff like that. Oh, my first and only comment. <laughs> Thanks for believing in me. Though. You think I'm going to get more than one comment. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. But, um, okay, I don't, like, let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, quick question, on the spot. 
Mm-hmm. If you could sit down with only three people, dead or alive, at dinner table, who would it be? Celebrities, what? Who would it be? Ooh. Only three people, dead or alive. Actually, go 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 to alive first. Alive first. Three people alive. Three people. First. So maybe someone who inspires you, someone you look up to, just in general. Somebody you just love to kick it with. Brian Dawkins. Okay. Number one. I know who Brian Dawkins is. But what? who is Brian Dawkins? Um, strong safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. Former. Former. Former, yeah. And he was crazy. He's retired now. Yeah, yeah, he's nuts. Like, I just, I see a lot of similarities, but also with him on and off the field, he's very, he knows himself. Integrity. Yeah. Okay. And I'd love to just, I'd love to just pick his brain. Amazing. Understand what goes on in there. Um, number two would be Gary V. Okay. Like, he's just... I'm sure you can get on one of his videos. So if, you um, went, if, you went, if you went to New York... Sure, he, like, he's on my, he's on my bucket list. No, he does, he does that all the time. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure that you can make that happen. Yeah, he's, he's one of the goals. So. But you can make that happen, I know that. And then Eric Thomas. Okay. Eric Thomas got me out of a very dark place. Okay, wow. During my YouTube journey. Wow. See, Eric Thomas probably was kind of a reason why I probably do what I do. Mm. I've got a saved comment on my phone. I actually came up on, um, what's the thing on Facebook? Time Hop? Is it Time Hop? Um, when basically you can see what oh, was yeah, said yeah, like, yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah. And it was like seven years ago he commented on my wall and said, I can't... Um, he said, I can't like your page because I've got too many followers or whatever. But he says, I like what you're doing and keep it up. Wow. But that was back That's when he wasn't huge. who he was. And he's another example of he was getting at that point 5,000 views to his, his, yeah, yeah. his Monday videos. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he blew up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just another great thing to see. So also then dead. Who would it be? Three people dead. <clears throat> Malcolm X. Okay. I just is just such a intriguing mind like everything that he's done is just like I just love to just chat you know like you just yeah. want to just want to pick someone's brain apart and just see how they function and see whether there's similarities between you and them um Muhammad Ali okay yeah cuz he's just like a butterfly it's just legendary like it's like it's not just for the boxing no for what he stood up for yeah and it's like to to stand up like people wouldn't stand up for that shit now no people would like they would cower away and they just they they wouldn't really do anything and he just kind of like this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it kind of thing 100% who else one more my granddad because I never got to meet I never got to chat to him oh wow hmm Okay, so what would you? What would be the, one of the first questions you'd ask him, or say to him? I'd like to know what lessons he taught my dad, because my dad has taught me a lot of lessons, and I'd love to see whether it came from initially from him. So, would you say you're such a great dad because of your dad? Yeah, I've learned loads of stuff from my dad, and the same stuff that I'm trying to pass down to Elijah. So, I'd love to see if that chain yeah of course like it's, it's like those values of course running through okay so one more question uh what's next what's next for gabriel say what what can we expect from you over the next couple couple year year couple years and also when you're gonna hit that big million subscribers oh milli subs um that you know i'm being very strategic about the content i post okay um not in a sense of in growth, but in terms of the message I want to put across. So like, um, I'm doing a lot more dad stuff. So I want to like, I still want to teach people like the, the bodybuilding side of stuff, but also diversify and then show people that there's a lot more to me than just yeah fitness and bodybuilding. But the dad stuff falls into the, the fitness stuff as well. Yeah. Because dad bods. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like people want to stay fit as yeah. a dad and stuff like that. And just like, there's so, there's so much that goes on in my head. And I think like, for me, it's, I have a platform and I want to, I, I want to just spill everything that's in my head, but you have to do it. You have to do it carefully. Okay. Like otherwise people will just switch off. Okay. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, where can people find you? 
Um, Instagram, Gabriel underscore say, and YouTube, Gabriel say. Everything's the same. I fully recommend um, checking out Gabriel's content. It is phenomenal. A lot of people don't actually inspire me, and there's not many people I look up to. But one, because you're a friend I can reach out to if I need to, or if I have any questions, that definitely plays a big part. And even though we don't connect all the time, I feel like I resonate a lot with your journey. Mm. Um, so I'm just literally mad proud of you for what Thanks, you've done. Man. And, and you, I just know like... that the next the next thing is going to get bigger and it's only going to get better. And I'm sure the next time we meet up as well, hopefully, well, not hopefully, the progress we would have made in that time would be for massive sure. because of our consistency at the end of the day. Exactly. Um, so with that, with that said, guys, um, that's a wrap up of the first ever Dreams to Reality podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. There will be a lot more content coming. Um, if you don't have me on social media, then make sure you follow me as well, Camp Park. HUD, I'm your tallest motivational speaker you would ever. <laughs> You're gonna let me get my stuff out? I gave you time to talk now. Okay, I'm just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just just small. Okay, um, but with that said, thank you guys. Please give us a like, give us a subscribe, and um, we'll see you at the next podcast. Peace. Uh-huh.